0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the San Juan Snowcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today is the last day of November, Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. Well, I am finally back home after being gone from the Wands for nearly three weeks. And let me tell you, it's good to be back because mainly for the last 10 days of my vacation, I was sick the entire time with a pretty miserable cold. In fact, I recorded the last episode of the pod wearing three puffy jackets while shivering in a cold and windowless basement in a hostel in Leadville. Definitely not ideal, but you know, the show must go on. And now, after surviving a white-knuckle drive through the Eisenhower Tunnel yesterday, dodging 18-wheelers that forgot to chain up, I am finally home and ready to settle into the groove of winter. Mm. And I'm back just in time, because we just had a snowstorm, and there's more coming this weekend. And on top of all that, the avalanche danger in the San Juans just jumped up to considerable for the first time all season, and we are seeing tons of signs of unstable snow out there. Oh man, there's just so much good stuff to talk about, I don't know where to begin. So strap on your snorkel, because we're about to dive in. The Snowcast starts now. All right. Well hey, on this episode, I just want to take a minute here right at the top to humbly ask for your help. Because yesterday, that was Giving Tuesday. And while I'm not necessarily a fan of made-up holidays that encourage us to spend money, I am a fan of charitable giving to organizations that do real good in our communities. And for anybody who listened to the last episode, you probably know that I recently became the director of a local nonprofit, and that's the Peter Ingalls Avalanche Education Fund here in Telluride. Now, the pie Fund exists to serve one simple goal, and that is to carry on Peter Ingalls' vision of providing avalanche education opportunities to local members of our backcountry community, we do this by providing avalanche course scholarships, hosting free community events, and facilitating different projects to increase our overall avalanche awareness. This year, I convinced the PyFund Fund board that we should give away more scholarship money than we ever have before. To which they replied, okay, but you have to find the money. So here I am, humbly asking for some of your hard-earned dollars. And that's because when I first took my Rec Level 1 course back in 2012, it was 350 bucks, but now rec level one is $650. And that's just too damn expensive for a lot of us. So this holiday season and with giving Tuesday just yesterday, well, consider giving the gift of helping someone get educated. Whether it's their level one course or their level two, more education means a safer community for all of us. The link to donate online, that's in the show notes of this episode. You can also just Google "Pi avalanche fund and our page will come right up. And I'll be honest, it's never really easy asking for money, but this is a really good cause that I believe in. So thanks for making a contribution and just know that every dollar helps. And Hey, while you're at it, don't forget to support our sponsors looking for a really cool holiday gift idea for that backcountry enthusiast you love. Check out so Alpine where you can get a variety of really cool outdoor gear items made by hand and just for you in Durango. Check out sewalpine.com to see all the nifty items that Hannah has designed and crafted, or to learn about repairing a treasured piece of gear you already own. That's sewalpine.com. Or maybe you know somebody who's just backcountry curious. Maybe they're jonesing to get some of that powder they see in all your ski photos, but you just don't have the time to teach them the basics. Well, consider getting them the gift of some avalanche education or some guided backcountry skiing. Mountain Trip has permits now to guide across a huge swath of the North San Juans, and we are super excited to explore some of this new terrain. So whether it's on Red Mountain Pass or in Bear Creek or really anywhere else you want to explore in the North San Juans, let us help you find the goods and get home safely. A guided day of skiing can be a great mentorship opportunity for you to step up your skills and hone some knowledge. So check out mountaintrip.com to see all of our courses and trip offerings for this winter. Okay, enough business. Time to talk snow. And full transparency here, folks. I've been out of the San Juan since November 13th, but you know what? That doesn't mean that I can't quickly get an update on what's been happening locally when I get back. In fact, you know how we're always talking about in avalanche courses, the importance of reading the season's history, and that to truly be aware of the complexities of the snowpack, you really have to be tracking each and every storm and logging onto the CIC each and every morning. Well, that is a great way to keep your head in the game, and for a lot of us, that's what our winter's all about. But to be honest, that's not really realistic for all of us. A lot of us travel, we get bogged down at work, or we break a piece of gear, and suddenly we may not be in the backcountry for weeks at a time. So, how do we catch up on all that we missed? Well, I'm going to walk you through my process for looking at the recent weather and avalanche history for a specific area. And guess what? We can do all of it online, so that before we even step onto the skin track, we've got a better understanding of what may be going on with the snow under our skins. I'm going to try and keep this simple and focus on utilizing just two websites where we can gather all the pertinent information that we need to be updated on the season snowfall and avalanche history. And hey, follow along. If you've got a minute, bust out your phone or your computer and check out these sites. We are super lucky to live in an age of widespread free data. So don't be a Luddite. Instead, use technology to give you a better mental image of what's going on out there. Okay, a little disclaimer here. If you're not a technology person, hold on to your butts, because we're about to take a look at some graphs, charts, and tables, and we're definitely going to nerd out. So don your monocle and your Sherlock Holmes hat, because we're going sleuthing old school detective style. All right, we're going to focus on the San Juans, but I always like to start big picture. So what I want you to do is type into Google Colorado Snow Survey homepage, and then hit enter. Okay, the top search result should be an nrcs.usda.gov website. Click this and you'll be brought to the homepage for the Natural Resources Conservation Service page specific to the snow for the state of Colorado. This page is full of incredible data. You know that map of Colorado showing the current statewide snowpack with its percent of average along the different river basins, sometimes green, yellow, or red? Well, scroll down a little bit and bam! that's here. That's where you can find that. You know, those graphs that show the snow water equivalent curve of this year's snowpack versus the 30 year average, scroll down a little farther to interactive plots and bam, you can make those graphs yourself. So those things you see on open snow from Joel Gratz or what I post, you can make those yourself by checking out this website. Now, if you scroll down, you can also see a map of the remote weather stations known as snow sites scattered across the state. These are the same stations that are shown on the weather stations tab of the CIC, plus a few others. So if you've ever wondered where exactly that red mountain pass weather station actually is, you can zoom in on this map and see that it's just south of the top of the pass and below the road you skin up to get to St. Paul's Lodge or the nice meadow skipping of McMillan's. So there's a ton of cool stuff to explore from this homepage, but I like to dive into the interactive plots and those snow water equivalent curves. When you click on interactive plots and you set up a graph for the river basins of the San Juans, this will give you a big picture view of what sort of storm activity has been impacting these weather stations in the area you're interested in. So if that line is flat, that means there haven't been any major storms adding snow to our pack. If it's going up, then you know there's been some recent snowfall and you might want to look for those big spikes with big descents or was it a nice steady curve. But the current graph for the San Juans it's pretty much remained flat since November 5th with only a few tiny little upticks and a slight upward curve at the end of the line from the snow that we just got yesterday. And all that time with no big snow means that overall the San Juan snowpack is currently sitting at 74% of our 30-year average. So with this information, what am I already thinking? Well, I know that when we don't get any storms here in the San Juans, it's usually dry, sunny, and cold this time of year. And that recipe is perfect for weakening the snowpack via the fastening process ah, that I talk so much about here in the San Juans. So without knowing anything else about the avalanche hazard, I'm guessing there are already likely some weak, sugary facets lurking in the shady, cold slopes, and then maybe some sun crusts that developed on the south-facing slopes as a result of all those sunny days. Now, if we want to dive deeper... Go back to the interactive map and click on any weather station in an area you want to go check out. Let's take the Red Mountain Pass site for instance. When I click on that blue dot on the map, I can then select data reports, and then click 30 day daily table to see a snapshot of the data collected by that weather station for the last 30 days. There's a lot of info in here, but to keep it simple, you can just focus on the snow depth column. And we're really looking and making a note for any big changes. For the Red Mountain Pass data, I can see they got around 6 inches yesterday, but before that, this site didn't really have any big changes to its snow depth for the previous 20 days, with the snow depth just kind of hovering at 15 to 16 inches on the ground. Again, 20-day drought, what am I thinking? Well, the surface likely faceted out and became weak. And then, I see on this chart that 6 inches of new snow just fell on top of that weak surface yesterday. Hmm. So now I'm starting to think things could be a bit touchy on that new snow, old snow interface with maybe the new snow causing some potential collapses on that old weak faceted snow that had been hanging out for weeks of sunny weather. Feel free to dive way deeper into the NRCS website, but even just on that cursory look, we've already got some educated guesses on what we think could be happening to our snowpack based on that historical data we just investigated. So now it's time to turn to our second critical online resource and that is the CAIC website. Yep, on the CAIC website, we can get tons of data. We can see a backcast, a nowcast, and a forecast for both weather conditions and avalanche conditions. To get to the backcast, or what has happened in the last few weeks, we're gonna be focusing on that observations tab, which is found at the top of the page. If you're looking to see weather station data in a big ol' aggregate table, then click the view weather stations link. You'll see all the different weather stations across the state, separated by zone. And in here, we're seeing not just snow tell sites, but also weather stations operated by independent organizations, like for instance, the Swamp Angel site that we rely on so much for forecasting around Red Mountain Pass. Now, since we already dove into that with the NRCS website, we got the big picture from those remote weather stations. It's now time to dig into what folks in the field are actually seeing with their own eyes. And we can find out that information by clicking on the view field reports link. Now, once you're on this page, you're going to see a table of all the recent field reports. And at the top, you can filter these by zone, by date, by whether or not they saw an avalanche. And you can also see where these field reports came from by toggling on the map view. When I filter out just the field reports coming from the North San Juans, I can see six observations from the last week. And I'll click on each of these, starting with the oldest and working towards the newest. And it's good to take some time with each of these reports to digest what these folks observed and where they were making these observations. You know what they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I love the field reports that have a lot of pictures in them. For instance, Jeremy Yanko, one of our intrepid CIC forecasters, He submitted a field report from the 28th, which was the day before this most recent storm. And just by looking at that field report, it showed me that coverage was pretty sporadic out there. I saw a lot of south-facing slopes in his photographs being nothing but dirt. And in the photo he took of a snowpack in some shady trees, I can see well-developed facets throughout the entire snowpack, as well as two buried crust layers. Hmm. Is this backing up our hypothesis from the weather station data? Yeah, pretty much. So from Yanko's report from the day before the storm, I can kind of figure out what the surfaces were like that the new snow was going to land on. And then we know it snowed 6 to 10 inches across the whole San Juan area on Tuesday the 29th. And that afternoon, three different field reports came in. Now clicking on those... Wow, I suddenly see that the new snow did not jive well with all those different surfaces it landed on. And there are photos of human-triggered avalanches, some natural avalanches in alpine areas, shooting cracks, and lots of talk about touchy, northerly-facing slopes where small avalanches were easily and intentionally triggered, sometimes with just a pole whack. So, without even having looked at the avalanche forecast for the day, which would give us our hazard, I can now guess that it's probably considerable out there. Because by definition, that means that natural avalanches are possible, and human-triggered avalanches are likely, and we've now seen field reports that show both of those. Once we've analyzed those field reports, it's time to use the Avalanche Explorer tool to check out any and all recent avalanches in our zone. And once I've gathered all this background information, sleuthing out what could be going on out there, what avalanche problem type we might be dealing with, and what the current hazard rating might be, then i like to go to today's Backcountry Avalanche Forecast. And what do you know? It's at considerable at and above treeline, moderate below treeline with a persistent slab avalanche problem on Northwest through Northeast aspects at all elevations and on East and Southeast aspects near and above treeline and diving into the forecast discussion even deeper. I get this good blurb quote, the snowpack was faceted top to bottom for the last two weeks. And now we are adding a slab over an incredibly weak snowpack and we are getting avalanches. Sweet. I guess we're pretty good detectives. Don't forget, you can also go back in time and read the avalanche forecast for each day in the past simply by toggling the date in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. This is another great way to see big-picture trends before diving in deeper. So, how long should this whole process take? Well, even if you just spend an hour looking at some of this data prior to going back out into the field for the first time in a while, you're going to be pretty well informed on what you might be getting yourself into. Then use all of this research in collaboration with the forecast of the day to inform the conversation you're going to have with your touring partners about where you want to go, what you're going to look out for along the way, and how you're going to decide whether or not to ride a particular slope. Remember, researching the weather and the avalanche problems, that's just one part of the trip planning process. And while I find it important to be aware of the current snowpack problems, Ultimately, managing our terrain choice is the biggest tool that we have to minimize our exposure to the risks out there. And whether you're a snow nerd or not, if a slope is not 30 degrees or steeper, then the chances of it sliding are pretty slim. If the snowpack is our problem, then terrain is our solution. And I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. There is so little within our control out there in the backcountry. But what's the one thing we can control? Well, it's how and where we put ourselves in that terrain. That is a choice that we make. And we need that choice to be grounded in good information. Funk break! Mmm. Well, I'm going to wrap up this week's show with a quick look at the community calendar. Next Thursday, December 8th at 6 p.m. at the Telluride Public Library, the Pi Fund is hosting the first backcountry chat of the season. And folks, we've got a lot on the docket for this chat. We'll have our new local CAIC forecaster, Amy Pertuse, in the house, and she'll give us a recap of last winter and some updates on what's new with the CAIC. John Tuckman, head of the Telluride Ski Patrol, he's going to give us the rundown on how to use Telluride's backcountry access gates. I'm going to show everyone what I carry in my touring pack to be fully prepared for any emergency that could happen out there. And Matt Steen and I are going to unveil some big updates to Telluride's local backcountry radio program. That's right. We're ditching the BCA preset channels in favor of some higher wattage channels and more specific radio zones that will hopefully reduce chatter and make backcountry comms more effective. Bring your radio if you have one, because we're also going to teach you how to reprogram your radio to these new channels. I'll see you there. The deadline for applying for a Pi Fund scholarship is December 16th. So if you find yourself wishing you could take an avalanche course, but realizing you just can't afford it, well then Google Pi Avalanche Fund for more information and for the link to apply. All right, let's see what else is going on. Oh, if you're in the Telluride area, come out to the Sheridan Opera House next Tuesday for a double-header screening of Nexus and Stepping Out, two new badass ski flicks featuring solely lady shredders. There's going to be some gear and some skis raffled off, and there are two showings going on: one at 5:30 and one at 8:30. Tickets are just 15 bucks, and a part of the proceeds will go to the Pi Fund Scholarship Program. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for this week's show. A nice tidy one to kick off the month of December. Isn't it exciting that winter is pretty much here? I mean, we've got snow in the forecast for Friday, maybe three to five inches across the wands, and then we've got another decent chance for some snow kind of lingering throughout the weekend. But remember, folks, coverage is still pretty patchy out there. And these little dust-ups, they could be just enough to cover some shallowly buried season-ending object. So continue to tread lightly until we get a little more snow. And we also could get a whole bunch of wind with this weekend storm. So I would definitely expect Avalanche Danger to rise again and for things to get more touchy before they get less reactive. Keep it mellow, folks, and take this time to dial in your kit. Also, check out some of the events coming up in your area the season of stoke building is here and it sure is fun to hoot and holler at a ski movie screening. At least I think it is. Well, play safe and take care of each other, friends. And until next time, Thanks no.